You're watching No Go Zone with Henrik. That's right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Henrik. This is No Go Zone. It's the 17th of January, 2024. Hope you're all doing well. We have a great show lined up for you today. We uh, reluctantly, I guess, have to cover some of this World Economic Forum stuff because it is kind of a circus. You know, the uh, the Davos agenda is obviously a real thing and it has consequences, but it's always kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's it's. It became very, you know, on the nose, um, if that's the right term here, um, during the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. And I'm glad all that stuff came out. But uh, I don't know. There, there's other things that uh, certainly don't get as much coverage, which should get as much coverage. Uh, and I mentioned actually this in the Western Warrior show we just uh, put up here late last night. Uh, a little delay in the editing, but uh, you get up there. Good show. Check that out uh, in case you're new. Red House members will call uh, Check out our members exclusive show. But I mentioned it there, too. It's like... Does APAC really get that kind of coverage? And, yeah, and you'll see the kind of this, the critical articles in like maybe in a Daily Mail or, you know, New York Post or something like that, which what leans somewhat conservative on some issues. Not that that means a lot, but you know what I mean? Uh, they get some coverage. They guys go, oh, look at these debauched meetings and stuff. And all that stuff needs to be exposed. These are these are the, so, some of the worst people we got going to the, the, the divorce, uh, you know, kind of agenda. But it's turned into a little bit of a kind of a, a Bilderberg circus and stuff like that, right? However, the, the stuff that they're um, talking about is things that are being implemented and, and they are directing, you know, uh, policy and they're, they have all these, you know, infiltrated all the cabinets, all that stuff is real. So you definitely need to be exposed. But an APAC doesn't get that type of coverage, you know what I mean? Or even a uh, uh, major, I always forget the full name, exact name of it, what is it? presidents of major jewish organizations or something or something like that the the equivalent right of like i mean an apac has been like detri i mean hugely detrimental right to foreign policy and thereby wars and thereby all these things which they supposedly are addressing at a world economic forum meaning you know things such as uh well they don't they don't bring the climate thing into war which is kind of weird and, and strange right but uh you know displacement and just like uh, you know, which of course leads to mass migration, you know, all these kinds of things, right? But uh, anyway, I digress. I'm already off on a tangent here. Holy smokes. Uh, so anyway, it's with some reluctance that we'll cover that. And of course, then we did have the uh, speech by Malay, right? Argentina's uh, new head over there. And uh, a lot of people were like, this is super based. He's sticking it to the man at uh, Davos. So we'll look at his speech and uh, I have another... I have another angle on that. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, all right. So, so what else we got? We got well, we got a couple of got a couple of uh, dis distressing news here in the beginning regarding uh, the UK uh, tyranny in the UK. Was that what the song? Was that, was that what the song went? I don't know. It's funny all these like old rock songs and stuff like that. To uh, you know, <laughs> these days. Most of them would just kind of agree where things have gone and they wouldn't actually speak up against anything. But ironically, now it's like the worst it's ever been, right? In, in a country like UK with like democracy and, you know, things like that, free speech and stuff. And now they're all silent, these old rockers. Stuff. But yeah, wasn't it, was it tyranny in the UK? Was that the song? Uh, anarchy in the UK, but it was tyranny. The point is, it's tons of these songs, right? If you tolerate this, your children will be next. What happened to them? They were singing about like fascism. What, what were their names again? I forget what those. All these, it's all these rock bands. I was going through listening to a couple of tracks. Um, 
late night uh, yesterday uh, waiting for rendering basically for the show actually listening to some old tracks and stuff and even some interviews with like rock people and they were like you know anti-establishment and they didn't like the political correctness you know all these these are you know classic um, uh, traps that they fall into these rock musicians but it's kind of funny you know I mean it's like they're, they're always trying to be so rebellious and now with all the developments that have happened over the last couple of well say let's say two decades uh, they're all in agreement, right Rage with the machine, you know. Hey, take your take your jabs, you know. Yes, let's jail the racists. <laughs> whatever. Let's ban the AFD. Whatever the hell it is, right? All right. Anyway, guys, if you're gonna join in on the show today and uh, give a dono, you can do that at entropystream.live slash Red Eyes TV. Uh, I think that's up and running. Let me double check. Sometimes it goes down. Uh, you can also do Rumble Rants, and we pull up the chat there, so we got that up. And of course, you can do uh, hyper chats on Odyssey as well. Uh, so that's some of that stuff, uh, but yeah. So let's um, let's talk about the situation in the UK here because it's definitely uh, definitely distressing. We have had where are we? There we go. Hate speech in the UK should be, I guess. Uh, we've had a, another development here regarding that, and it's been bad enough in the UK considering uh, that we have number of people in jail already for so-called hate speech or uh, you know speech crimes thought crimes in some cases uh, James Costello we covered it that a, a while ago uh, he's simply an editor to a website which he personally didn't write but he was overseeing it he's in jail uh, Sven Longshanks we've talked about him in the past as well same thing there Radio Albion formerly Radio Aryan right uh, or, or did he he changed it to that right is that correct anyway okay um, I believe so uh, he's in jail. Same thing there. Uh, incitement, right, to uh, racial hatred. I believe some of the things were charges levied against him. And there's one I, I forgot his name now. It's a guy a while ago, and uh, dang it, dang it, I interviewed him, and I just couldn't remember the name. I didn't have time to go through the archives. But there's another guy. A, is his name is on the tip of my tongue? It, was, it annoys me. I'll, I'll have to find it later. Uh, pull it out. This is a few years ago now. Uh, he's basically in, j- in jail for, you know, anti-Semitism, quote-unquote, right? He was talking about, like, uh, uh, Jewish supremacy out on the streets somewhere in London. The hell was his name? Gosh, it'll, it'll come to me. I should know this. This this should, this should uh, th- these names need to be, all of them, remembered. Uh, so, now we have uh, Sam Melia, which of course is Laura Towler's uh, husband. I believe they had announcement of a second child recently uh, as well. So this is great news, of course, right? This is how, this is how sick it is. And I'll put this in context and to see what else they're doing in the UK. Someone uh, say like Graham Hart. Yeah, maybe that's another one. I, it's not the guy I'm thinking of. Activist ran race hate sticker library. Court told. It, it, it's that like... Court. Oh, they're told that they're told about the charges uh, against somebody. That that that's the headline, right? That's kind of <laughs> it's just incredible when they do that shit. They always this is what they do now. They base their legal case, even police base their legal cases on like you know mainstream like Antifa, uh, you know reporting basically. So oh, the Daily Beast said these people are bad and they're terrorists because of their opinions. Well, we better arrest them. Um. And some people pulled out a couple of things, you know, actually what it said, right? Uh, Leeds Crown Court heard Mr. Melia34 set up a group called the 100 Handers on the Telegram social media platform. Of course, he's part of Patriotic Alternative as well. Uh, he denied encouraging racial aggravated uh, criminal damage. Criminal damage. 
Uh, the Defenders was anonymous, head of the 100 Handers, and anyone who wanted to be a member would gain access to a library of stickers. Oh my gosh. They could download, print, uh, and stick up, prosecutor Tom Story said. Uh, so let me take a couple of uh, examples here, right? And is this the same? Let me see here. Yeah, here we go. So he produced them between 2019 and 2021. Uh, which he then posted in public places around his community, encouraged thousands of online fo followers to in, uh, Im imitate, imitate, sorry. They bore slogans, check this out, here we go, such as, reject white guilt, nationalism is nurture, uh, we will be a minority in our homeland by 2066, and diversity designed to fail, built to replace. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's the, uh, the, uh, some of the charges against him, it, it's incredible. Uh, utterly insane that Sam is potentially facing jail time for this. It's a joke of a system, Steve Law said. Uh, yes, it is. I I unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. And of course, Daily Mail. Look at this. Uh, <laughs> senior member of the far-right group Patriotic Alternative had posters of Adolf Hitler and used racist stickers to stir up racial hatred. Court hears. Same thing there with it. Oh, the this is what the court heard. Look at this! What look at what the uh, shit libs was accusing this guy of racial hatred said in court. So it has to be true, right? Sam Ilya allegedly distributed the racist material. This is their conservative option here, standing up against wokeness right here. Oh my God! They think we're going to be replaced. Shut it down. Here's uh, you know, let's let's try to spread the word with some stickers. Uh, criminally going after these people. It's unbelievable. So Thuletide said this, and, and, and it's um, it's a good point. It's very hard to know. It's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like terms of service on, on YouTube or something. I mean, in a sense, right? In a sense, I don't mean to laugh about any of this. It's so, it's so fucking absurd. But it's like, oh, you did this in 2016. And then, you know, and then the, but hate speech laws have gone progressively worse. And then they charge you for something which you did three, four, five years ago, potentially before some of these laws had changed or been up, you know, dated or up, upgraded, whatever you want to call it, degraded. Because, <sighs> again, it's like, I, I'm not saying they, you know, maybe they, this is what they do, right? They map everything, track everything, look at everything. They, you know, catalog everything. They have their lists and all this shit, right? But it's from 2019 to 2021. And let's assume that the legal environment of the UK have gotten worse. And then they adjust accordingly. And like, okay, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to break these laws because we don't want to you know, end up in, in, in those kinds of legal trouble, legal trouble. But we still want to you know, spread the truth, obviously, and alert people to this. And so you change language, you update, you you you, ch you change it, right? But no, then they, they can charge you for something you did, as I said, five years ago. That's how, how absurd it is, right? Uh, anyway, Tulita said here, British nationalist Sam Milia facing jail time for producing and putting up stickers that read, reject white guilt, nationalism, uh, nationalism is nurture, we will be a minority in our homeland by 2066, as I said, uh, Britain's build, uh, Britain's built Britain, equality or quality. You can only have one, according to British mainstream media. Cops found others. Here, here we go, right? And this is the same thing with this. E even if he, and I don't want to get into this, like, well, he didn't really have a a poster of of Adolf or something like that, and 
Maybe he did, or maybe maybe he didn't, kind of thing, right? But you know how easy it would be for them to just put that there, or or just say that he did, and then that's how they build their case against you, right? According to what about the other shit? What was it again? Was it the um, no? It was Australia, right? That had they're even banning and outlawing like uh, national socialist like regalia. Like there's all these people that like trade. They do trade shows. They sell these things, right? You have like something from the war or whatever, right? And they're making that illegal and like forcing them to like sell everything in like one week or something. Uh, I don't think we play the clip, but it's like it, what I'm saying. It's on par with that. It's like. Oh, no, you can't have this. You can't have these items from this historical period because that's uh, that's now uh, you know, outlawed. According to British mainstream media, cops found other stickers with messages, including mass immigration is white genocide. Ooh, second generation, third, fourth. You have to go back. There is a war on whites. They seek conquest and not asylum. Uh, it's OK to be white. Natives losing jobs, migrants pouring in. Labor loves Muslim rape gangs. <laughs> right. And it's like no lie detected. The vast majority of these statements are milk toast. So the prosecutor prosecution may struggle, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> to prove that they were intended to, quote, stir up racial hatred, unquote. However, British hate speech laws are intentionally vague and truth averse based on the feelings and interpretations of the victims and the state. Moreover, cops apparently found Nazi and fascist related items in Sam's home. I don't know how this uh, case will go, but I wish uh, Sam good luck. For everyone who lives in countries with, uh, with thought crime laws, keep things legal, focus on the facts, cite government statistics, scientific studies, etc., and don't touch Nazi slash fascist stuff with a 10-foot pole for legal reasons and because it is a strategy doomed to fail. The latter point is also applies to America. Uh, and it's also this, you know, what is it? Look, there's some people that, you know, they choose their hill to die on and things like that. Uh, and, and and so be it. You can't, you, you know, you can't stop these people if they say, well, but you do have that aspect of, of them just continuously moving, you know, kind of the goalposts. And, and then, as I said, and they do it uh, retroactively, essentially. Well, you said this between this and this period. We did. Sure, this law that we now have didn't exist at that time, but, you, you know, <laughs> we'll retroactively go after you, essentially, right? I'm not. I'm not 100 sure that is the case, but I'm sure that that's how they will build their cases. That's that's my point, right? Well, well, in 20, uh, uh, you know, 2014 on uh, MySpace, you said this. So laws will keep changing. So legality is not always, you know, kind of the issue of trying to keep it either. They they'll just keep, you know, changing the laws. And even then, if you do adapt to the laws, they still they 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 make it up against you or they still just go after you anyway law doesn't always apply right that's the kind of thing but i under, i understand uh, and and agree with tulatide right here as well uh, unless you have some like explicit goal of dying on one of those hills or whatever yeah try to adapt as much as possible so that you can extend yourself for as long as possible and be active and do things and i'm not saying that sam did something wrong here at not at all obviously that's not what i'm implying but I'm saying as as these cases continue to kind of unfurl uh, and unfold, uh, and more of them, uh, I think it's true that they will try to do uh, what they've done, you know, with uh, an Alex Jones, if you will, or uh, you know, even a Trump in that sense, uh, and extend that when it comes to people in America. And of course, it's already happening now and unfolding in many European countries, right? Australia as well. 
uh, they'll just start jailing people or going after them with like suing them for like you know statements that apparently hurt somebody somewhere along the line, and then they sue you for millions and millions of dollars. I mean, in the case of uh, <laughs> Alex Jones, it's like hundreds of millions. With Trump, it's gonna, probably going to be a billion. We'll see what happened with those cases. It's just so absurd, right? It's so absurd. Uh, I think there was a follow-up here, too. Uh, I've been reading about British hate speech laws. Communication can be classified as a, quote, hate crime if it's interpreted to be, quote, intentionally alarming or distressing. And if the victim or anybody else believes that they uh, that it was motivated by hostility or prejudice based on race, religion, disability, gender identity, or sexual orientation. Meanwhile, of course, you know, as we've shown time and time again, university environments, even entertainment now is just like openly just like talking about like, you know, beating up white people or hurting them or, you know, in the case of some academic environments, just let's exterminate all the white people. Uh, open discrimination, right? Open, out in the open. And nothing happens. That's why the, the legal avenue is, is just completely destroyed. The UK has no legal definition of hostility, so the government uses the everyday understanding of the word, which includes ill will, spite, contempt, prejudice, unfriendliness, antagonism, resentment, and dislike. Imagine all the people that like feel that way about white people. Uh, and of course, when they voice their opinions, uh, being gone after uh, legally like this as well. They also provide no no legal definition of prejudice. This is this is how sh what shaky grounds it, it it is on right now, which is which is crazy. Basically, we're kind of at a point where you you must you must love these people. You must love what they're doing, if even if they're objectively true that it's like here's a rapist or a pedophile or something, and you're like we need to deport these people and we need to stop this from happening in the future. Well, that's racial incitement, you see. So you can't say, you must you must love and appreciate these people. That's where we're at now. So it seems the law is intentionally ill-defined and primarily based on the interpretation of the state or the feelings of the victims. We interpret, don't have to prove that you intend to cause alarm and or distress with your unfriendly communication and victim. the victim uh, believes and doesn't have to prove that you were motivated by, yeah, exactly, how do you know what's kind of in their heart or whatever when you do it? Uh, that you were motivated by hostility and or prejudice, therefore, you're a hate criminal. I know the UK is corrupt, but this is ridiculous. People should pay attention to Britain because this is what leftists want for America as well. They've been pushing federal hate speech laws for decades to no avail. Of course, you have that uh, you know, pamphlet law in Florida, you know, signed in Israel, which is, you know, uh, the handsome truth was in in jail for that. Just you know, what well, he's out for since a month or something like that. They've been pushing federal hate speech laws for decades to no avail. They've had little success in colleges with speech codes getting shot down in court, but some success in work environments by classifying speech as harassment and weaponizing the Civil Rights Act. Yeah, this, uh, uh, yeah, your civil rights were violated. Wasn't that one of the uh, cases in with Charlottesville and all that stuff, right? So of course, someone else's rights obviously, you know, go, begins or, or, or tramples. What's the right term? Bleeds over into where your rights supposedly should also begin or be or be or exist. But it's but it, but your rights, if you're if you're white, has to be squeezed to the side. No way. You have to make room. You know, you can't have these rights because the other per, the other non-white person's rights uh, supersedes that of your rights uh, or even that of your feelings 
It's like, but you're replacing me in my homeland. You're shitting on me and my ancestors and my kids and everything. You're going after us. You're intentionally uh, avoiding to employ people that are what you know. All these like you can you can litigate this. You can do, like drag this up, but it doesn't matter, right? To them, unbelievable. Yeah, James Costello, Sven Longshanks, and maybe now Sam Melia. Uh, we wish him luck. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's. Uh, uh, I'll talk much more about it or not, uh, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, risking jail time for stickers. That's where we're at right now. Unbelievable. Uh, okay. Let's check this out. McDozer of On Entropy says the most dangerous gang and organized crime group in every country are the police. Yeah, I mean, they back all this up and they don't say anything. They just stand down, they take orders, they do what they're told. And, to, and then, of course, then they're accused of being white supremacists themselves and then they're replaced. And then, you know, and that's part of that too, right? Re having a new foreign army that's part of the military even in many countries right uh i mean <laughs> the way that this what is it now the latest i have you know i don't have any specific thing to cover on this today but was some quotes recently of like how trump is going to you know when he gets in i mean unless they unless the for unless they do something here where they prevent him from you know getting on the ballot essentially which they're trying he'll probably he'll probably win and my thoughts at this point is basically they'll they'll probably they'll probably let him in you know what i mean and and then they'll basically tank the system under him and blame it on him as opposed to doing it under biden although he of course is, has, has been you know uh, ensuring that it's heading in this direction we'll see what happens but um barring that uh they've talked about oh if trump gets he's going to weaponize the mill he's going to use the military to create this you know <laughs> right-wing death squads essentially that's what they're saying he's gonna it's gonna they're gonna they're going to just start killing, uh, you know, uh, Democrats and, and uh, non-whites and shit like this. That's what they're saying. And they always kind of project, right? They reveal their hand. Well, no, no, that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to start just ma They're already mass arresting people for their opinions in terms of like, you know, J6 and the, the election in 2020 and that kind of stuff. But uh, no, they'll just start going after people. And uh, as a replace military and police as well, because it's always this hunt for the white supremacists or conservatives or even Trump supporters, MAGA people out of those kinds of institutions, those will end up turning on, you know, the native population uh, in whether it's because the same things happen in European countries, right? Or whether it's the European Americans, those who founded America uh, against the white population there. So that's that's their that's their game plan. Get them out, force them out. Those those who refuse to submit and like mix out, and we have a thing on that later. But they they reveal their hand in terms of like the final step in integration and uh, uh, what do you call it? assimilation? What that is, right? Those who refuse to bow down to that will basically be, you know, like arrest gulags for, for, for them, for the rest, essentially. So compare this to a couple of things in the UK here. Ex-doctor who collected images of babies being raped has walked free from court. A judge told Michael Jones he had escaped immediate custody, quote, by the skin of your teeth, unquote. A disgraced doctor who collecting revolting pictures of babies being raped has walked free from court despite being caught a second time. This is who they're letting out in the UK. Racist stickers. And, and, and I was like, we do this all the time. But, but what can we do? <laughs> like beyond pointing out the obvious, right? And, and who in the kind of grifter conspiracy conservative scene in the UK have spoken up 
in support of James Costello or Sven Longshanks or now Sam. I, I suspect I haven't. I don't follow regularly all these people, but I, my sneaking suspicion is that uh, Constantine Kissin hasn't mentioned it. A uh, what's his name, the Fox Fox guy, he hasn't mentioned it. Right? There's a number of these other people over there in the UK. Anyone on uh, anyone on GB News talked about this? Right? No, let the pedophiles free. Let them out. Totally, totally fine. This is Canada, but it, the point stands. Right? The point stands. If you point if you point these things out, you are the problem. That's the thing. That's the the issue here, right? Employee at Regina Children's Entertainment Business accused of and and it's very nicely worded here. Sexually also oh, oh he sexually assaulted them. Yeah, no, he raped them. Okay. Navid Irshad, 54, is facing two counts of sexual interference and two counts of sexual assault on persons under the age of 16. And then it's not found out until further down that uh, there's their ages 12 and 13 sexually assaulted by an immigrant. And of course, if you continue to reading, Irshad was released on conditions and is set to make his first appearance in provincial court on February 13th. And as people have pointed out, uh, all this, the trucker convoy stuff, people were in prison, there's no hearings, they, they haven't been uh, given a day in court. Uh, same thing with like J6 people and things like this, right? Here is, and it's overlapping between different countries, but I think the point stands. You're seeing these kinds of examples in most Western countries now. It's like pedophiles, uh, immigrant g- gang rapists are let off, or slap under the wrist. They're like a pack of um, immigrants, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, nine of them, whatever, six, seven, eight, ten of them, however many it was, raping a German girl for eight hours in a park or some shit like that. It's just like, oh, it was just like one charged for li- a little bit at some point and the rest let free. It's just, how long is this fucking shit going to go on? How long? President of Canadian LGBT pride group charged with sex crimes against children. Oh, you don't say. And of course, again, if you have anything against the LGBTQ movement or you post any, you post any stickers about how most of these people are groomers and predators and, and pedophiles, then, then you, you are charged with hate speech, you see. The charges against Sean Gravels, Gravels maybe of North North Peace Pride Society include sexually touching a child under 16, sexually interference of a child under 16, sexual interference. That sounds some like like offside rule in hockey. Oh, interference. What you know? You better like raped these these kids or something. Uh, Possession of child pornography and import importing or distributing child pornography. My, what a what a great surprise! Who could have known? Who could have known that this is uh, what's going to happen? All right. Yeah, pedo pedo homos. Class Arminius, this week's wanted criminals in London. Twenty men are pictured. All of them are immigrants. My, you don't say. What a su- what a surprise! If you have anything, if you have any critical stickers, can I not copy that? I'm um, here. Oh, there it is. If you have any, uh, if you have any critical stickers that are detecting certain statistical facts when it comes to these this reality, well, of course, then you are the problem. Hear this, Britain's finest, right here, ladies and gentlemen. We just mu- we must have these people in our countries. Holy shit! Ay 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 ay. Yep. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Yikes. All right. <clears throat> Brighton's got talent. What is it called? <laughs> <clears throat> yep, they're the ones going to go out. They're, they're the ones who's going to marry your daughters, ladies and gentlemen, by eventually by force. If not by coercion and mind control or some like some device the Pentagon is working on to like you know <laughs> lower your defenses and, and and make you love this stuff and you know no you're not you're not allowed to hate any of these people ladies and gentlemen we we let's outlaw human emotion have we ever been closer to like a, a clockwork orange like the again like classic shitlib warnings uh, you know like de decades and decades ago now that these people have just fallen right into the the, the trap off you know you, you know a lot of these like you know boomers and under who are like running running society in this kind of capacity now of like criminalizing anybody who's opposing what's happening in our countries is, is like oh it's such a oh <laughs> clockwork orange it's such a stark warning of what happens when you you know, uh, when you when you remove violence out of society, or try to go after somebody in that kind of capacity and mind controlling them into into uh, basically changing human nature, right? So these people can have human nature. That's totally fine, by the way. They can hate anybody. They can go after you. They can criminally go after. They can rape people. Uh, not that that's human nature per se, but you know what I'm saying. That's that's something else entirely there. But uh, regardless, those are those are the realities of some of these groups, right? Statistical over-representation on those kinds of crimes. But you, we, us, Europeans, white people are held to a completely different standard. And we're expected to back down and and uh, and just back up and, 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 and be nice and be more tolerant and be understanding of, of all this shit, all this, all this criminality, all the, all the raping is really our fault. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of pedophiles, I guess it's time we uh, we do go over to the uh, the circus in uh, in Davos. I want to begin playing a little bit. Uh, yeah, you mean equilibrium? Well, I mean, yeah, that they were medicated in equilibrium, right? Um, which I understand is kind of similar today in that sense, right? Even if you actually take a pill or not, it's like it's the point of what the propaganda produces. Does it produce the same effects of like? numbing you or in some cases shaming you to not feel certain things or certain emotions but no uh, clockwork orange was not am i misunderstanding something other brilliant that kubrick put in there as far as i'm seeing anyway it's like you have a criminal young gang and they're going after them and trying to alter them right he's put in front of this mind control uh, experiment i forget if they do give him medication maybe they do as well but the famous scene of him having his eyes open and he's must much watched watch the screen and then when he tries to commit violence again, in other words, he when he hates, when he reacts to his human nature, right, of 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 having violence as part of human nature. We have violence for a reason. We have hatred for a reason, right? Then he feels sick to his stomach. He just can't do it anymore. And that's how far I understand Clockwork Orange was like a warning of what happened. How it's like, yes, you might not agree with violence, but the option to remove it, be that by coercion or medication or mind control or 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 in this case passing laws to uh, to force you into a certain set of behaviors. And it doesn't mean you have to go around and, and beat everybody up, but I'm saying I'm saying our our inclination, our, our, our instinct to utilize na natural impulses that we have, including then, yes, hatred, to mobilize, to do something against stopping rape, the raping of our children 
is obviously a bad thing because it continue it, it enables the criminality, right? It, it, it's it's just simply preventing those who are standing in the way of stopping those kinds of things. It's not that we, <laughs> oh, if these right wing death squads, <laughs> I'm joking a little bit here, but you know, get out and like restored order and 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 stopped raping, then they would be the one who doing the, ra you know what I mean? Like you, no. Is this, this is a strictly moral like uh, question in the sense that we want our societies back and in some cases you have to use the means that you have it's at the end of the day it's just power right the state just uses power and it's them who have the violence they just simply do it and if you are in a position where you can then take control or overthrow a government and be the new government as long as you win you'll be the you'll be the hero right it's the same thing with the american revolution or take whatever you want right that was an insurrection if they had failed they would have been imprisoned probably killed tortured all those kinds of things and it would have been seen as if you know britain won against the terrorists right uh i'm not getting into whether the, the this was a morally correct you know uh, you know no moral value judgment on that historical period i'm just saying uh, as an example, right? You do it, you take control, you you overthrow a government, and now you're the new government, and then you you know, you you set a new standard, and you run the show from now on. Who's gonna Who's gonna do something about it, right? Uh, well, th those that have violence would do something against it. All right. Anyway, all right. So what do we play? So. This is a lot about the these globalists and Davos, right? And the circus that's there. And the theme of this year was regaining trust. We covered in in the Western Warrior show. Re, sorry, rebuilding. That was the wording they used. Rebuilding trust, as you can see, uh, up in the image used there. And they had articles on their website. We have how do we get how do we get them to like how do we get them to like us again? It's kind of the same thing. Like, can we can we somehow can we? Is there some medication or some techno, some beam or some frequency or something that we can make have here to force them to like us? I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but you know, it's like, well, maybe through behavior. I'm not trying to fuck people over. I don't know. Call me crazy. One of the items they had on their website regarding that trust was to be, you know, open and transparent. And as I said there, to their credit, they've been very open about their conspiracy against us and their particular you know their the enforcement of their worldview they're not always open about some things obviously like they the way that they've well he, they did say he did say it openly but i, I maybe maybe it slipped from uh, schwabi's uh, mind klaus schwabi minds uh you know a little he's getting up there in the ages so maybe it slipped like a like a biden slip or something but uh, he did say that they had uh, um what was it uh, penetrated right most of the cabinets in in many uh western european countries uh, so anyway Let's play the, uh, some of the opening remarks here from uh, Klaus Schwab. And again, this it's a little all the all the right people uh, they love covering this, and this is the biggest event of the year kind of thing. And it, it's turned into a little bit of a of a show around that too, right? It's a, like a circus around that, and so it's with some reluctancy I cover it. But uh, I think we can balance it out with that Malay speech later to kind of show you the false dichotomy here that we're faced with. Man. False options. Officer Schwab, there, Klaus, the floor is yours. Madam President, dear constituents of the World Economic Forum, dear friends, today we stand really at a unique juncture in human history facing challenges that are as diverse 
as they are profound. The special role of the World Economic Forum is not to look just at one single issue. It is a place where at the beginning of the year we came together to analyze the state of the world in a systemic and strategic way and hopefully to find common ground to generate positive impact. Geopolitically... And then for whom, right? Well, it's your worldview and you have this particular angle that your approach it's, is the best one and the power that these people have taken for themselves. And of course, again, through coercion and to a certain extent, you get bribery by um, reaching out a hand to all the right people. I mean, keep in mind, this is these are unelected people, but they drive policy for a lot of, you know, cabinets now in many countries and many, many, many uh, governments and things like that too. And nobody's nobody's asked these people, right? So it's kind of an it's an open conspiracy of sorts, right? But it's, it's of course always their worldview that's the correct one, obviously. Our world, as my friend and colleague said, Roger Brende, geopolitically our world is more interconnected, yet paradoxically, more divided and fragmented than ever. Yeah, and I and I wonder how that happened. How did the world become more fragmented, right? How did that happen? And I know they have like what the Russia war and a lot of the backs drop to this is still it's still that and that that's the big issue kind of thing, right? But just look at the situation on the on the street in most Western countries now, with the racial hatred that they have created by importing all these people in our countries and then programming them with a bunch of anti-European, anti-white, anti-colonialist, you know, <laughs> you know, propaganda and shit like that, right? I'm not saying Klaus have done this, but I'm saying, <coughs> excuse me, all the people that goes to go to these kinds of meetings, that's the worldview that they endorse. They still think this is the best ap approach to the situation. Oh, well, this is how we solve racism, you see, or whatever. We have to just import millions of people each year. Because what else can we do? We have to help, and we, it's so open. It's just so open. It's like cheeks spread wide. Here's the dildo, here's the bugs. Economically, we grapple with sluggish growth. The very fabric of our societies is inclusiveness which is and that's that's turned that's turned out great look at all the inclusiveness and how whites are being pushed out right this is the total blindness of this right and he he won't feel any of this i know there's uh, rumors that schwab actually was a rothschild if you go back a few and, and be that as it may it, it's still he's still an asshole regardless you know doubt environmentally we confront the relentless challenges of climate change a threat to our planet's delicate balance. And technologically, Bullshit. we navigate uncharted waters where innovation offers boundless opportunities, but also unprecedented risks. And, so what, steep they, and what they mean by that is basically a, a, an AI that's racist. <laughs> That <laughs> spreads misinformation. <laughs> That's basically what they mean when they say that. Um, 
it's always this technology pro progress. Just have can we just have more technology and kind of sedate them with their with VR headsets and and see see how much peace we brought. And it's it's actually go, all that shit is like going back to the very talking point we had there about the uh, the onslaught against a certain set of like human emotions and human nature. Ultimately, these are people that are going against nature. And whether they know that they're doing it or not, as weirdly, as much as they claim that they worship, you know, nature and a lot of other people, will be like, they are pagans, you know, kind of thing or whatever, because they're, they're worshiping the earth and stuff. No, they're just they're using that as an excuse to enforce the type of policies that they're now enforcing on people. It's to it's to put them by default in a position that we're the good guys. And if you oppose us, you are you are killing the earth. So how possibly can you say something bad against us? they really believed in environmentalism, there's a lot of things you could do and should do, which they don't do because it's not about the environment and it's not about the earth. It's about using that. as a, It's the same way that they're using kids as, a, as a, a human shield and push them to the front like a Greta Thunberg or something like that, right? How dare you criticize this child? It's the same thing. But uh, yeah, technology, progress. Can we just kind of... Um, numb them with uh, what Harari said, uh, video games and, uh, you know, he didn't say pornography, but you know that that's where it is. All the AI babes you've ever dreamed of for free, right, kind of thing. And it's, a, you know, pornography is already, like, you know, pervasive. It's, it's you know, all over the internet everywhere. So it's not, and, and so it's not that that's something new, but I'm just saying that's how they view it, right? They just Can we just, can we just, that's what it feels like. Can we just pacify them? And and kind of make them make them happy, like it's some Sims computer game or something. What can we just fill up these bars so they just are are sit down or silent and and let us run the show? Can we pacify them, right? Because it's always this. Oh well, you know, if we if we're not here, it's Nazism all over again. And in fact, the lady coming up after him, I forget, she was the head of the. Swiss Council or something? I forget what it was. I don't think we'll listen to her, but it was like immediately out the gates. It was like, uh, my globalism and, and uh, you know, um, the World War II and we have to do this now and we have to stop those things. And the I'm paraphrasing, but that, that was basically like her argument that they, these are the a World Economic Forum, a, a Davos agenda is the only thing that's going to like prevent this from happening again. In other words, Again, putting themselves in that situation. Well, we're the perpetual good guys, and so whatever we do, uh, you can't criticize. Checkmate. You know, we we have you, we have you blocked. We cornered that market. We're the good guys. So whatever you are in opposition to us and try to change that, you're by default the bad guy. You know, kind of thing. Although it's their vision of the world, which is actually ruining it. But you know, be that as it may. If challenges, which are actually the cornerstone of our program lead to uncertainty, generalized fear, and pessimism. Yeah, who, who, uh, who ramped up the fear during the pandemic, huh, Klaus? They force us into a mode of short-term crisis management at the detriment of long-term strategic and sustainable solutions. This reactionary approach undermines our collective faith in the future, and 
He's slurring a little bit there. And I can't, what is he saying? But yeah, no, so no, take note of the, of the collectivism here. Because that's very interesting. And of course, the collectivism they're talking about is globalism, right? It's international, if you will. So at least it's socialism for everyone else. But it's socialism, Marxism, communism, wherever that has operated, has never been anything else than, you know, an, an upper, a, a new bourgeoisie class at the top, right? Whether it's for the, the party or, you know, the, the Bolshevik upper echelons, of, uh, they're controlling shit and, and mass murdering everyone else or starving everyone else, whatever. That's, that's always been the case. He's talking about collectivism for you, but not a not a collective identity or even us cooperating or working. No, they still want you individualized and atomized to a certain extent. But it's interesting that he mentions collectivism or or, or the collective efforts, right? Of like, and, and in fact, maybe I should show that too. I'll, I'll show it after his speech. But in the beginning, they had this introductory video, which was just a bunch of it was no narration or anything. I think it was just a bunch of. Uh, images of you know earth crisis and global warming and blah 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 but at the end of it it says for for all of us right it's like for for all of us when people say the globalists are trying to divide us it, it, that's the biggest lie ever <laughs> right no they want to unite us into one homogenous blob no more national identity, no more ethnic identity, no more culture, tradition that ties us to those kinds of things. Unless, of course, it's, the, you know, the indigenous, right? The noble savage thing, as we'll see in a moment here. They, they, they want you, it's true in that sense, they want to have you in a collectivized identity, but, but one that is completely rootless, deracinated, and which doesn't mean anything. But it has all these technological trappings and diversions and things that you'll continuously and you and your kids and your grandkids will occupy themselves with and pacify themselves with until these people just have you know full control essentially here we losing the face of our future we risk to become much more ego-centered and on a, on a national and individual level. To break this cycle, we need a paradigm shift. So this is, yeah, individuality is, is, is bad, you know, kind of thing. Keep that in mind, because we'll talk about Malay later and what he countered this with. We must rebuild trust, and that's actually the theme of our meeting. We have to rebuild trust, trust in our future. How did you, uh, how did you lose it? <laughs> Can we talk about how you lost that trust? And of course, again, we again we covered in the Western Warrior shows to so check that out. But the debauchery meetings and shit like that, or meetings—that sounds wrong. But uh, uh, the the bunga bunga parties as uh, became famous under Silvio Berlusconi, right? Um, yeah, prostitute. I'm sure they're wheeling out kids after these, obviously, right? After, after these uh, World Economic Forum meetings on the side, and they're well, they're microdosing their mushrooms. Yes, they're actually offering that now at Davos. Uh, it's these, yeah, it's like it's, it's, the, it's a remnant of like a 1960s hippie movement with like weird technocratic progressive shitlib global homo overtones. And these have now become the corporate leaders of the world and stuff, uh, even if they were around in the 60s or not. I'm just talking about kind of the mentality a little bit. And even some of the musicians that they invited, right? Like they have like Lenny Kravitz and, uh, 
uh, who who else was it? Uh, Black Eyed Peas, that that guy, Will I Am, and you know <laughs> these cringe musicians that they invite and stuff, and they, they they think they're hip and cool going to these you know after parties with like all their prostitutes and shit like that, cocaine and caviar, champagne. Of course, these are some of the wealthiest people in the world, right? But they're here to talk about how bad it is with like you know. If, if if you want to have your your self your selfish needs and the the need of the many over supersedes yours and stuff you know what i mean um anyway let's keep going here. trust in our capacity to overcome challenges and most importantly trust in each other yes trust is not Trust is earned, and you have not earned it. In fact, you've done everything you can to br not only break it, but to never have it to begin with. Just a feeling. Trust is a commitment to action, to belief, to hope. To achieve this, we must rediscover and embrace a narrative that has driven humanity since its inception acting as trustees for a better future. This narrative is about, isn't about short-term gains or individual successes. It is about stewardship, about preserving and enhancing our world for current and future generations. It is about understanding that our actions today have far-reaching consequences tomorrow. Um, I know he's older and stuff, so you know, but he's slurring more this year. It's harder to hear certain things. Like, what, what was that? You know, like the transcript of some of these things. The concept of trust and trusteeship compels us to think beyond borders and beyond our lifetimes. Yeah, they want to run nature and, and everything in it, the world, the world government as a, as a trust. They want to uh, actually, in fact, um, they, want to, they want to use nature as tradable assets. We talked about this in the past, right? Tradable assets on like the stock market and stuff. It, it, it's this weird, it's kind of, the, it's third way politics. Re really, that's what it is. It's no longer about you know, f j simply just, you know, kind of free market, uh, ca strictly capitalism in that sense. They're using those things, obviously, but then it's also this weird, yes, but it's also like hardcore, uh, suppressive, like social bol Bolshevist Marxism for you, you know, kind of thing with like technology and, you know, but you can buy cheap shit, you know, <laughs> while it's getting more expensive, I guess. But, you know, you get my point. It's simply just, well, you know, oh, this is a false dichotomy. Let's just merge them and have both and still run the show. That, that's what it's turned into. And this is a perfect example of that. The World Economic Forum. Collaboration over co competition, sustainability over expediency, and empathy over um, apathy. As trustees. Of empathy, of course, uh, but only over their issues. They, they will never say anything about like, you know, like replacement, that that's wrong in like European countries or, or, the, or people that want self-determination or anything like that. No, no, that's, that's, let's just ignore those kinds of things. Of the future, we are responsible for advancing a world which is richer in possibilities, more equitable in opportunities and more secure in its foundations. It's more insecure than ever. 
it's more uh, unequal than ever, right? With with concepts of equity, not equality, right? Of 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 tearing down those that are, even if that's true or not, right? Perception-wise, presumably higher up on the on the ladder or whatever, tear those down and lift everyone else up, or I guess tear everyone down to the same level of sorts, right? And then what's the first thing you mentioned there? I forget what that was, but it, it, the point is. It's always the, the the reversal of what they say, right? It's it's always the, the thing they claim that they're working towards are the very thing that they're like actually ruining. Moreover, as leaders in government, business, and society, we bear a particular responsibility to rebuild trust in how we assume our own role as trustees. The annual meeting. And who put you in that role, Klaus? No one voted for you. It, not even that that would make it right or in that sense, to be honest, but still. It's incredible how much power they, they admit that they have granted themselves, but then that they're, who are you accountable to beyond yourself? Ding. Oh, no, we're doing this because we, we, uh, we love to, uh, we, we, just want to we, we just want to do what's best for you, you see. The World Economic Forum is not a collective decision-making body. But its impact stems from the new insights gained through dialogue and interaction, and more importantly, from the commitments made by each participant to contribute more significantly in their respective areas of responsibility to solving our most pressing issues. Yeah, and of course, that's just... <laughs> That's your, just like your opinion, man. Um, these are, in many regards, bull, bullshit um, uh, concerns, right? But no, they've made themselves our, our masters on these issues. Oh, well, global warming has to be solved, and if you're against it, you want to kill the Earth. So, you know, listen. Uh, so here's the last uh, bit of a speech here. It is vital for cooperation, social cohesion, and effective fully functioning institutions. Social cohesion, yeah. The, the, all of you and your ilk have totally ruined that over the last few decades, by the way. This is like something, what did it say, the 40 set, was it the 52nd meeting or some shit like that? Uh, Borja, uh, the Norwegian guy said in the beginning of this, was something to that effect. It was like, they've been doing this for like 50 years. Remember, it started as the, what, the European economic cooperation forum or I don't know something like that European European economic forum I think or something so it's steeped in that like EU environment type thing and then of course it's like oh actually uh, globalism uh, the world I know the world economic forum there you go to rebuild trust there's a fundamental need to embody trusteeship which means to care for the greater good the greater good Let there it is there it is right and <laughs> But we'll get to it later with, with Malay because it's so aggravating that it's like, oh, okay, well, then if you don't want that, then you need this this uh, this mercantilism of, of free markets. That's your, here, here's your option, Goy. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no. Let's use. I, I don't like any of it, okay? This annual meeting to rebuild trust by exercising our trusteeship individually and collectively for safeguarding the future of humanity and nature. 
Thank you. So safeguarding the, these are the the they're gonna safeguard the future and and, and all of humanity, in fact. <laughs> like more instability because of these people than ever. It's it's incredible uh, the way they put themselves on that pedestal. Yeah, he introduces this other woman. And she I don't know. She's some Swiss head or something like that. But yeah, it's basically oh, Nazism. We got to stop that from happening. Yeah, here's that thing in the beginning here for all all of us. What was it? Yeah, all of one of us. <laughs> Is that just a, you know, perfect global homo kind of corporate video in the beginning? It's just like a whole lot of nothing, essentially. But yeah, there's all, all of us. Join our circle. Here's our little click here. Here's our, do you want to join our trust, our circle of trust? Is that what, it, are we going to, into Fokker territory here? If you saw the movie, the, the circle of trust, we got to restore trust. All right. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's that. And uh, here's uh, van der Leyen here. Uh, Ursula von der Leyen's speech to Davos in full, and of course, again, uh, interesting in the beginning there of like, what's the bi what's the biggest concern? It's uh, people talking shit on the internet, as, as usual, isn't it? <laughs> the uh, this is the unelected head of the EU, of course. No one, no one voted for this awful woman. Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, dear Klaus. Your annual global risk report makes for a stunning and sobering read. For the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation. Ah, yes, of course. Out the gates within the first, like, 10 seconds, it's just misinformation and disinformation that's the biggest thing why because of course they're losing the narrative right which ironically is like the more you fight them on that the less trust you're going to get as opposed to have a the only and they're never going to get it no matter what they do but the only way for them to actually regain that trust if they, i mean they're not going to but i'm saying if they genuinely really wanted to and i understood that was you would have to open up everything essentially and and laid everything out on the table but the point the problem is if we do that they lose right they still have power so i'm not saying they're they're have they have lost or or irrelevant they're not but if they but at the same time if they continue like they do now which he proposes here, obviously. Clamp. What, what do you do then? Misinformation. Oh, well, you got to ban it. You got to shut it down. You got to control it. You got to block it, ban it, shadow ban it. You know, you also lose long term, at least. You, you're not. You're not winning that. Uh, the question is, maybe that's not the goal for these people. Maybe the goal for these people is just to dis, to have rosy. Not that I like these words, but I'm saying for many normie people out there, they may well. It's, uh, you know, they want to just take care of the planet and uh, get, bring everybody together. <laughs> right, that's what they want. Just more peace, okay? That's what they want. Sounds good to me. But maybe that's not their point. Maybe their point is just to to give you these words while they ruin and rob and rape everything behind our backs, and in some cases even in front of our faces. Maybe that's the maybe that's maybe that it just is the point. Just tell them whatever you need to tell them to get to pacify them another 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 year. I'll hear some other. Here's some new politician they can vote for, which is another, which is ironic here with Millet, right? Wasn't he a, a World Economic Forum guy or something? And then he goes there and scolds them. We'll listen to his speech in a moment, too. 
In a way, he scolded them, right? Followed closely by polarization within our societies. Yeah, how did that happen, Ursula? How did, that, how, did, how did our societies, and the EU specifically, become polarized? Can we examine that question? Uh, is, is open borders leading to more social cohesion or less? Is open borders leading to more conflict or less conflict? Is replacement and suppression, essentially, of the ability for European people to reassert themselves and, and basically fight back against what's happening to us, is that leading to you getting, gaining more trust among the people? Hmm? These risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global challenges we are facing. Yeah, so that's just a, th a thing for them that's kind of in the way, right? Can we just silence, and, and again, going back to the UK thing there, right? Uh, let's, can we just jail them all? Can we just go after them for, hey, here's someone who didn't like our open borders or our policies about whatever the hell it is next, right? It's, it's this now, but it was something else, COVID restriction, whatever it is, right? Or pan, disease X restrictions. Can we just kind of put them in jail? <laughs> can we just, can we, can we have some camps? Maybe there's some camp idea we can re resurrect here and, and, and just use that somehow. Changes in our climate and our geopolitical climate, shifts in our demography. Ooh, yeah. What you mean is, is not the uh, racial makeup of countries. She's talking about the aging uh, population, right? That's what she's talking about, which is, which is true. But then instead, what have they done? Encouraging mass migration, open borders, as opposed to, you know, natives having more kids uh, and encouraging that at that way. But, but we know what they're doing. We, we know that the, the problem for them is basically white people, Europeans fighting back. That, that's the problem for them. That will always pose a risk as long as they're around. So the solution in their mind is uh, let's make sure they don't have kids or let's have them uh, mix out with those other new people coming in, right? That's, the, that's part of what the Kalergi, uh, what Kalergi wrote about in his book, right? A, a new, uh, what was it? A new Negroid uh, race of the future in Europe, a new aristocracy. And by the way, he wanted all of that to be overseen uh, by Jews as well, by the way, he wrote in his book. He saw them as a, as a higher caste, the, the, the superior ones. And in our technology, spiraling regional conflicts and intensified geopolitical competition and their impacts on supply chains. The sobering reality is that we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades. And this makes the theme of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant. Rebuilding trust. <laughs> Good. Good luck. This bitch. is not a... <clears throat> Good luck. You're not going to be able to do it. All right. Anyway, I think that's enough of her. You get the point of what they're talking about. Now for the important stuff here. Now for the real important stuff. <clears throat> this is a great clip here, folks. You'll enjoy this one. What, what, what do we need to have more of? of da what are we not having enough of at Davos? Let's, uh, let's check it out. Earlier today, I spoke to Palantir co-founder and CEO Alex Karp in a wide-ranging interview. Here's a moment we want to show you from that interview. We had a movement, I think it's fading away, largely understood as wokeism, where people said, quite frankly, in public, lots of things that no one believed they believed in private. Now with Israel, most people in positions of authority realize that what happened on October 7th 
was one of the worst terror attacks the West has ever seen, arguably the worst terror, worst act of terrorism, and sexual barbarism the world has seen in a hundred years. <laughs> Palantir Jewish CEO here, co-founded with Peter Thiel, the great right-wing hope, who helped his, had his AI products uh, keep right-wing governments out of positions of power in Europe. That's some of his famous uh, statements, right? We need more focus on on what happened. What happened to Israel, ladies and gentlemen? That's what we need for the the rape, not the uh, not the fact that like after these rape tunnels were exposed, and you find like oh you start reading statistics and stuff. It's like, but like almost half of all the kids in those Orthodox Hasidic Chabad environments end uh, end up getting raped by these rabbis and and, and shit like that. No, that's not uh, sexual barbarism. It's, it was what Hamas apparently did on October 7th. That's the big issue, according to this genius here, Alex Karp. More. And it is incumbent in a, on us to actually not only speak loudly in private, but occasionally show what we mean in public. People want to talk about rebuilding trust the elite. No one trusts the elite. Yes, but how could you trust the elite if everything you're saying is a half-truth at best? Let me ask well, you just made your own, you just buried your own argument right there. October 7th is a big farce in of itself. <laughs> of course, that's a big thing. Oh, they're not covering this in detail? That's that's the big lie? Is that, is that the big lie, Alex? Oh, where do you even begin with these people? Holy smokes. But yeah, these are, these are the, these are, these are people that run, they will be programming artificial intelligence that's going to be running our lives in the, in the future, apparently. Good luck. Oh. Holy about what's happening here in Davos, because one of the conversations that we have not seen in large part is one about what's really happening on the ground in Israel. A conversation <laughs> about anti-Semitism, the same conversation. Yes, of that course. Absolutely. Here's the two Jews and a, t and a television station. What happens? Let's talk about anti-Semitism and what happened in Israel. <laughs> it's happening at, in institutions all over the world, but it doesn't seem to be here yet. I know the second gentleman is going to be here uh, from the White House. Uh, Who's also Jewish. Tomorrow. Uh, and there's going to be some conversation about this, but it seems so very limited. So very limited. It's so limited, Alex. What do we do? How do we bring more Jewish issues to Davos? <laughs> I am living. Davos has an important function. I live on a different planet. The most important issue of our time is war and peace. And the absolute most important metaphor for that. Well, Israel is doing a great job on that, by the way, buddy. They're, they're, they're ensuring world peace by its mere existence. That is, what do you think about what happened in Israel? And by the <laughs> way, anti-Semitism as a kind of prejudice has always been the canary in the coal mine for ah, your society isn't working. Course. Your yes. university. Or your, that's the proof that your society is not working. Not what triggered it or what that is a, is a response to. It's just the reaction to something, which is, well, it's not a reaction to something in their mind. It's just something that just for no reason whatsoever springs up occasionally uh, in European societies. And that's the that's really the big issue that should have been tackled uh, at Davos. Uh, she isn't working. You're not providing real growth to your population. And because you're not explaining why it doesn't work, you just go blame the Jews. And so, like, <laughs> any... Any enterprise that's about making the world a better place that doesn't deal with these issues is basically saying, I'm not really engaging in the problem. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the problem. 
ethnocentric there alex it's your issues none of the but if you bring if you bring up any issues of anti-whiteness or what's happening against like discrimination of people of european descent uh, then of course alex will he will deploy his uh, you know ai products to uh, to to censor you and to shut you down Alex Karp never want to hold back. And we're going to bring you uh, that full uh, yes. interview with Alex Karp tomorrow right here on <sighs> Squawk Box. And boy, does uh, he not hold back. He gets into boy, a lot gets, of other topics. He got, he got uh, personal. Yeah. <laughs> he got, for some reason, the issue of uh, Jewish interest and anti-Semitism got personal uh, for Alex Karp, ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of Palantir. And of course, next, they bring on Sam Altman to talk about Israel on October 7th. Uh, Space Kang says, if the top concerns are misinformation, then we are winning, folks. Yeah, exactly. You could, you could say they're very concerned. It, it sounded to her, and maybe I neglected to mention that point, but it's basically with, with me with me saying, you know, can we deal with them? Can we get that out of the way? That's so that they can get to the things that they really want to get to. That's what she said, right? Which means they're not getting to those things because their narrative is being destroyed. It, it doesn't, I mean... It's true, Space Canada, that we maybe we need a narrative. All these people still hold the power. They still tra- are transforming our society. They're ruining our societies. They're demographically replacing us. They're turning into, uh, us into minorities. They're turning our countries into terrorist zones. Uh, they are aiding and helping out and actually doing things which is harmful to our health and, and uh, the environment while claiming that they're the, you know, the caretakers of it. Uh, it's all upside down. To be honest, but yeah, no, they want to. They want to. They they have that window. I, I think to be honest, L- the less and less trust they have, the the more, the more it's going to fail. Less people are going to vote for them. But uh, notice Alex Carp to be brought up the woke shit. That's that's the popular thing now. That that is the dichotomy that we can give in. It, it's it's either you're like either you're one of these woke politicians or you're the one who or, who are anti woke. While you're stuck in still in their paradigm, right, of not looking at the root causes of what caused the woke, and not that I like that, uh, and of course it needs to be fought, but I'm saying it's just like, it's a very, um, it's a very limited, recent phenomena, which they, which is almost like this. Well, look at what just popped up all of a sudden, while ignoring, of course, the preceding five, six decades of of groundwork that was laid and created that fertile environment for so-called woke to to grow and take root to begin with. And now they just want to thrash at the branches of that. And why why did Alex Carp brought that up? Well, it's because, of course, it's not Israel-friendly. That's basically why. That's why. All right. Unbelievable, huh? So we got uh, him, and here's yeah, here's the eco side thing too. We could do, or should we do this one first? Yeah, disease X. Here's another one, right? Get ready for disease X. World Health Health Organization chief Tedros Ghebreyesus says at the uh, Davos meeting. Let's listen to uh, this here. In order to have better prepared and to address the disease X, is the pandemic agreement. Mm-hmm. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced, and all the solutions into one. And One ring to rule them all. That agreement can help us to prepare for the future in, in a better way. Because this is about a common enemy. And without a shared response, starting from the preparedness, it, you know, we will face the same problem as, as, as COVID. And deadline for the pandemic agreement is May 2024. 
and member states are negotiating. This is between countries. See, I thought he said um, 2044. So I was they, like, oh, okay, it's a ways out. No, 2024, May 2024. Again, this will be not, uh, the pandemic agreement, absolutely horrific and awful. All they can do, be it real or not, is to declare some public emergency, and these people have all the power in the world. It was bad enough under COVID, but you've seen nothing yet. And this time, they might even really release the real, real deal, the real shit, something that actually, it's, you know, right away starting to kill people. The tinkering in their laboratories, I wouldn't put it past them. And and I think enough they they maybe they, maybe that's even part of the strategy of like screaming wolf enough many times and so they like they kind of like see all these people who were skeptical of the shit in the beginning. They're gonna not believe it, and they're gonna catch whatever we disseminate or spray out or release or whatever or give to you know <laughs> dump in a selected few airports here and there and then it sp- goes on to spread. Who knows? Wouldn't put anything past them to be honest. All right. Uh, so here's another one. I think that's enough of Tedros right there. Here's another one. Here's the kicker, right? <clears throat> Ecoside. Uh, watch the most ridiculous 75 seconds of bullshit from Davos yet on Ecoside. Jojo Meet Mehta. Mehta. Let's listen to this here. I mean, ecocide as a word is becoming more, it's becoming better known around the world. And the concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, But legally speaking, um, what our organisation and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognised legally as a serious crime. Because one of the issues that sort of pervades all of this discussion is that we have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. Um, and that, I mean, you know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. Okay, now, now do the COVID shots, lady. Um, and so now do uh, white genocide. And, and you know, unlike a, an international crime like genocide that in, involves ah, a yes. specific intent, with ecocide, a specific intent, you say, eh? <clears throat> Fascinating. How many? T- I'm not re- going to relitigate this here now, but how many times have we shown you <laughs> directly that under those uh, articles or under the article of, of uh, you know, crime against humanity, the, the genocide convention, right? What's the exact wording there? Something like that. Four out of, or three out of four or five, I think, are, are like checked off right now. <laughs> it's actually on that list in terms of what they're doing in, in Western countries. What we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things. that They want to farm. I can't believe they want to farm and fish, ladies and gentlemen. How dare they try to feed themselves when we have this perfectly edible bugs ready to go? Israeli 3D printed meat. They are, um, you know, producing energy and so on. Um, they want to produce energy as well. But what's it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. <clears throat> there you go. No, we're not going to continue watching that next. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Let me. Oh, I don't want to see his face. Uh, I guess because that doesn't include killing whales put, to put up windmills. Uh, that's right. Net zero is net population growth of zero. Well, I mean, they don't believe it. This is the other thing, though. They want to depopulate. Well, only a certain segment of the population. Otherwise, they wouldn't open the borders to like hundreds and thousands and now millions of people pouring over the borders. Encourage you here. Here's money. Just breed. <laughs> you know, what I mean, 
they're 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 not concerned about. They're not concerned about the earth. They're using it as a sledgehammer against you to control you, and they want to get us. Yes, they, it's true. They want to get us back to uh, Stone Age, essentially, prior to that. That's what they want to do. They want to stop farming and fishing and stuff. And I I otherwise agree in the sense that like, yeah, obviously we can't overuse the resources. They are there are too many people, but it's not these people that get to decide that. They want to get rid of like Europeans. That's what they want. They want to get rid of of normal people that can put up opposition to these people and then they just want to import a new dumbed down class or make them breed out or whatever. Ruthless yet cosmopolitan uh, you know, new new subspecies essentially that they these people just can yank around until until they don't need them at all anymore. Uh, let's say ecocide is actually elite oside, which is allowing unelected eats, elites to tell farmers to stop farming, fishers to fisher to stop fishing, miners to stop mining. When you allow those things to happen, that is when you starve, unrest happens, society collapses. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, ultra-rich peers in Davos. Yeah, stop, stop ecocide. Um, it's funny because all the things that they are doing are things that are is leading to many of the environmental problems we're actually seeing. Well, they claim that they're the ones who are like they're going to be the guardians of of, of the earth, <laughs> essentially. And they don't know worshiping that they they want to use they want to use it to as I said they want to turn nature into a, a tradable asset class on like the stock exchange. And uh, reminds me of this one. Right, there's also this endurance. Let me, let me stop that. <clears throat> Mo- movement to give nature same rights as humans gains steam in the U.S. Panama, Ecuador, and Bolivia have all passed legislation giving nature legal rights. <clears throat> and this is so absurd to me. Because it's the same thing there, right? It, it will be u- just as human rights w- were used against us after like the second world war and and of course the rights of others supersedes those of our rights right that's kind of how it works the same thing will be done here it will be to grant nature the kinds of rights where you won't be able to go into nature you won't be able to use it or feed yourself or run businesses that is dependent on functions in nature to operate they're going to run this on the stock exchange they're going to have nature behind a glass wall a projection on a screen that's going to be the extent of what they want you to have your interaction with nature being or some little playpen preserved somewhere essentially <clears throat> ironically these people actually hate nature they see it as a as a mechanism of control against you yet at the same time they can scare you into submission by saying that it's being threatened unless you do what we say or let us be in charge of it it's going to it's going to die, right? They, they, that's how they do it. They scare you. That's how they scare these you know autistic kids like Greta Thunberg to thinking that like all the polar bears is going to die and everybody is going to die if we don't do anything. And so then they're like, why don't we do anything, right? It's, it, this is just like a couple of things here, but it's like this while ago I was reading about just LED lighting in and of itself, how that's like harmful. To humans and animal health, they don't do anything about this kind of stuff. It's, it's in fact the reverse: more technology and more mRNA. You know, it's like, are you going to do anything about that mRNA that's being hurtful to to, to humans? Well, let's inject animals with the mRNA shots now. Right? What, what some of the crazy experiments that they're doing? <clears throat> and this is just like one one thing. We're not even talking about like the. <laughs> 
the Wi-Fi harms with that, or the you know, they're going to run all these, uh, what is it called again, the, the global brain and all the 5G stuff and all the uh, Internet of Things devices on these on, on these things. In fact, what was the other one now? I had a, a story. They were going to use the, this is just so insane. Where did it go? Yeah, here we go. Check this out. Scientists want to use people as antennas to power 6G. Why? Because your body is pretty great at harvesting wasted energy. Yeah, wasted energy. You are you are going to be the conduit for this these kinds of technological systems now. Internet of bodies, right? All these crazy things. And this is stuff that they're talking about at the World Economic Forum. The craziest, weirdest technology, which is going to cause more health problems and issues than ever. But the point is they don't care. They do not care about this. It's all about control. And if everyone's like mass dying in the process, great, according to them. But this, uh, this is like one, was it one thing? It's, it, there's a million things out there which they could be doing. But it's like, it's like, oh, great, LED lights. Of course, it's like, of course, it's harmful and can cause blindness later in life. And there's no long-term studies and all these screens that people look at all the time. And you're shit, it's just like, it's insane. Uh, children's health defense, right? Are vaccines and glyphosate contributing to childhood obesity? <laughs> right? You, how often do they go out? How often do these people that care talk about ecocide go up there and talk about glyphosate? Right? Or like what mRNA is doing? What effects that have? Even to animals now because it's spreading there too, apparently, right? Oh, they don't. No, it's just about it, it, crippling you and your ability to like feed yourself and your family. That's That's what this is about. Oh, it's too many on the planet. Okay, well, you take yourself out then. Incredible. And again, these are just in, in glyphosate, LED lights, vaccines. Yeah, there's three, issue, three issues of a, a million, right? Anyway, so let, let's play a little bit of the uh, of the Malay uh, clip here as well. Because this is, uh, so this is your, you know, lot, I saw a lot of conservatives like this is super based. This guy is um, sticking it to the man by going there and stuff. Uh, Rabbi Millay. Now, the long is it 90 minutes? Oh, sorry, 90. I mean, 29, 29 minutes. It's not 90 minutes. That's still long. It's too long. Guardian had a cut. I'm not, and I'm not sure what. Let's see if they cut out that part. Even if they did, I have it queued up here. It was at like six minutes. It was an important. This is an important point in that. But we can find that unless it's in the Guardian piece. Now he says some good. He says some good things. But but it's this classic, it's the false, false option that he offers uh, uh, to it, right? Let's listen a little bit. What's what we want to call a monopoly? How come? However, yeah, they just begin in the middle of this thing, right? They just begin in the middle. Let's play a little bit from the start here, then instead. I think this is it. Oh, come on. Oh, this is... Let's play the... Here's the full one here. Man, it's for me a great, great honor to welcome Javier Millet. As you know, it's a freely elected president of uh, Argentina, and it's actually your first trip to a foreign country after you have been elected. First, congratulations. No, 
No, he went to Israel. Remember, first thing he did, he went to Israel. Why do they even say that? It's just a bunch of lies. There, there, there you go again with the trust. Um, Klaus, right? I'm just searching a Millet World Economic Forum. I, I don't want the speech, though, right? Young, young global leader. Is that what he was? Was he a young global leader? Let's see if I can find anything on that. Oh, my God. I can't even spell here with this keyboard. Awful keyboard. I got to change it out. He's on there. <clears throat> He's on there. Economics, university, blah, 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 economics, tons of economics things. Um, since 12, leads the Division of Economic Series, a think tank of national scope for more than 20 years, University of Macroeconomics, Economic Growth, Microeconomic Maths, blah, blah, blah. All right, well, whatever. He's written 50 academic papers. He's on there. That's the that's the point I want to show anyway. He's he's like, he's part of their crew, but now he's here and he's offered up up to us as 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 another people's champion, right? Like here's the here's the guy sticking it to the man, you kind of thing. Congratulations for your election, and congratulations also to your sister, who managed your um, election campaign. I think you. Sometimes people would say with more radical methods, but you introduce a new spirit to Argentina, making Argentina much more related to free enterprise, to entrepreneurial activities, also to bring Argentina back to the rule of law. So we have a very extraordinary person among us, today and of course we are all eager uh, to listen to you and again a very cordial welcome to the World Economic Forum. Now, let's listen a little bit to this here. I don't want to be too long-winded with it but it's kind of it's it's interesting you know I mean uh, Gary Hildebrand says over on Rumble here when when these unelected oligarchs sing the prices of international cooperation they are almost always sticking it to we the people yeah, I mean, it's international cooperation are just buzzwords to... Uh, these are attacks on nationalism. That's what that is. International cooperation means basically like more global homo. Yeah, you're right. And I want the most part, for the most part, that's not what people want. Uh, oh, I'm just showing full screen on that there. Um, that's not what most people want, but the, but they do it anyway. And, and most people just like, well, it's uh, okay, that sounds nice. And they don't, you know... <laughs> Again, I think it's about delaying it as long as they can. As much hurt, uh, in, as much inflict as much damage for as long as possible, while pacifying them with whatever words we need to say. Right? <laughs> Essentially, anyway, let's check this out. Here. Thank you, uh, Gary, for that. Appreciate that. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism 
and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the... Okay, okay. Let's just pause there. <clears throat> I, I agree that for many decades there was a particularly nefarious type of collectivism that helped to bring us to the place that we are. He's mentioning Argentina as an example. I could talk about Sweden from my personal experience as well of growing up in that type of socialist mentality and things like that. And there was, there was some aspect of it that was, of course, better than it is now with the immigration and stuff like that. At the same time, it was that type of Marxist socialism environment that laid the groundwork for all of that, right? Olaf Palme began importing, you know, Chileans in the 70s, and then it was, then it was like Arabs and Middle Easterners and Asians in the 80s and the 90s, all the, you know, because of all the American wars, then of course, uh, you know, Iraqis came and then Middle East, and now it's just out of control, right? They go hand in hand. However, when he says, what, he, what, they, what they mean, what they mean is basically you collectivizing, especially under an, an identity, and I'm not a, you know, it's it's a false like you you can ha you can have individualism and collective identity it's not it's not a either or you you can you can't have both right but but this is how it's presented it's either f which this guy goes on to talk about but it's free markets right this is the great um, austrian economist right javier millet the the recently you know converted to judaism right <laughs> Lay, let's open up the markets. Let's have mercantilism. That's the that's our only option against this, right? So strictly socialism is not the same, obviously, as things like socialism where the people are more nationalistically minded, for example, like national socialism. Uh, it, it's not the same thing, right? And in many regards, that type of socialism was international socialism, right? It was it was. Uh, uh, globalism of sorts it was just it's just a different take on how to get there it's like okay do we okay we let's let's restrict economic growth and let's force them into oh they don't, they don't like that the revolt against that okay let's give them sheep shit and capitalism while we still run this kind of weird uh, socialism on top of it right third way third way uh, policies or the third way as they just call it bill clinton tony blair they kind of popularized that and that became the norm in most Western countries. It's like a neoliberal system. It's like a weird, it's like cultural socialist Marxism with those types of attitude with like market, free market mercantilism at the top. But anyway, so Malay here is saying, you're the collectivists, but he doesn't specify what, what kind or, or, or what, I, what they're actually doing or how that's hurting, uh, you know, the West in that sense. Anyway, let's, let's keep the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentines, to testify to these two points. When we adopted the model of freedom 
back in 1860, in 35 years we became a leading world power. And when we embraced collectivism over the course of the last 100 years, we saw how our citizens started to become systematically impoverished and we dropped to spot number 140 globally. But before having the discussion, it would first be important for us to take a look at the data that demonstrate why free enterprise capitalism is not just the only possible system to end world poverty, but also that it's the only morally desirable system to achieve this. If we look at the history of economic progress, we can see how between the year zero and the year 1800, approximately, world per capita GDP practically remained yes, constant. Here's the, here's the GDP. The, this is the other flip side of this, right? <clears throat> Ironically, this is also the side that then enable more foreign labor, cheap labor, right? You have all those aspects to this. So they, it's, uh, that's why they're against collectivism, right? That's, that's national identity to a certain extent. I'm not saying he might, he might have some, maybe he has still some positive associations to the idea of nationalism. It's, it's, it's possible, but I'm saying if you have strictly free market mercantilism running the show, you, you get, you get global homo eventually. And you, and you get also then what we've gotten now, which is this weird, it's it is like a it's a form of collectivism, right? It's like a global identity. It's it becomes everything in there for nothing. You can be whatever. Nothing means anything. You can be whatever you want. You know that that's the, the whole root of the problem of the of the issues we're dealing with now, right? Now, in nature, it's a revolt against nature. Even sex differences between men and women don't don't exist. You can be whatever, and if you don't like it, you can surgically remove things. Whatever. You know what I mean. But the problem, the problem will persist under a system like this. It's not just that it's strictly like, oh, it's just a, uh, uh, it was a communist collectivism, which I agree it's, it's, it's horrific, right? The way that they, it's been run historically in the past. But the option that he's offering up is just another flavor, flavor to that. It's a false dichotomy. Let me skip forward a little bit then, because the, the part is, is one interesting part. He's talking about um, economics. Let me see here. We can skip the history lesson here at the beginning, unless, unless that's when he mentions the point I wanted to highlight. Whole reference period. If you look at a graph of the evolution of economic growth throughout the history of humanity, you would see a hockey stick graph, an exponential. It's just, yeah, it's neglected to say that too. It's always just about economic growth, right? Just money, money, GDP. As long as you have money, it'll be, fi it'll be fine kind of thing. And again, that's proven not to be the case. We're wealthier than ever. It's greater than ever. Yeah, <clears throat> but everyone is losing Trust in everything is more nihilism than ever, more depression, suicide, nothing means anything, as I said. It's like, that is clearly not the thing. An economic system should just be there to, I, look, I don't like super hardcore, rigid, you know, planned communist economies either, obviously, right? But you can, ha you can have something in between. <laughs> you can have something, you know, that's just free market in certain aspects. But if you have good leadership, it's like, well, this shit is actually detrimental to our people, to our folk, and therefore we're going to ban it. It's not hard. We need the best and the brightest and those who are like capable, not capable, but those who are genuinely interested in actually looking out for the interest. Imagine if we had good leadership, what actually could be achieved. But instead, of course, we have the worst leadership. 
And now it's so bad that they just want to basically, as I said before, lie to us as long as possible to inflict as much damage as possible while they rape us, essentially. <clears throat> Let's see that part if that's coming up here. Functional function that remained constant for 90% of the time and which was exponentially triggered starting in the 19th century. The only exception to this history of stagnation was in the late 15th century with the discovery of the American continent. But for this exception, throughout the whole period between the year zero and the year 1800, global per capita GDP stagnated. Now, it's not just that capitalism brought about an explosion in wealth from the moment it was adopted as an economic system, but also if you look at the data... Let me go forward a little bit. I'll look at the data for, the, for capitalism. Far from stopping remains well alive today. If we take the period between the year 2000 and 2023, the growth rate again accelerated to 3% extreme poverty, and that figure dropped to 5% by the year 2020 prior to the pandemic. The conclusion is obvious. Far from being the cause of our problems, free trade capitalism as an economic system is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty, and extreme poverty across our planet. I think that's wrong. I think there's other ways we could do it. But even so, like maybe you just let countries tend to their own, their own devices, right? The problem is, of course, if you have free market, you, you, you end up, <clears throat> someone is always going to rule you. And so the, do you want the merchants to rule you or do you want to have like, you know, or do you want to have a, a, a benign rule? I mean, not, not, not that we have that or we'll get that anytime soon, but I'm saying ideally, right? Ideally, you don't want to be run by merchants. You don't want to be run by the merchant class, ladies and gentlemen. That's what has happened for a long time. You don't want to be run by banks, right? Uh, and even if the, it's a Keynesian, you know, Keynesian bank or whatever, Keynesian, what is it called? Um, it, it, it's, it's the same, it's the same result at the end. That's the, that's the big problem, right? So you have this false dichotomy where you have like, oh, free market is the only option. Um, let, let uh, money smarter than people. Let, let the money rule. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's either that, or it's like this weird technocratic type of collective socialist Marxism. That's like ironically pushed by like a world economic forum. No, fuck that shit. It's, it's a false dichotomy. Uh, we need a third way, something, not third way politics like that, but uh, uh, something beyond those those options, right? Something that actually works. Ultimately, you can have, doesn't matter what you call it or the names you put on it, or the flavor, the, the nuances in certain aspects of economic systems and stuff. We need leadership that is that looking out for our people. That's That's how simple it is. I think there are many of the other puzzle pieces will fall into place accordingly. You, you don't want to have child rapists that are compromised, that are hanging out at sex orgy parties after they've been to meetings like this, running you, running the show, because generally t that tends to kind of end badly. You know what I mean? It's the most selfish, in that sense, psychopathic leaders that we've ever had that we have today. And look at the state of the world. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, since there is no doubt that free enterprise capitalism is uh, superior in productive terms, the left-wing doctor has attacked capitalism, alleging matters of morality, saying, uh, that's what the detractors claim, that it's unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic, and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being quite on the contrary no it's that's true unfair and I, and I agree with that like, yeah social justice is bullshit all the woke sh stuff is, is is bullshit too uh, but that doesn't revert uh, reversing back to just some free market cat let the corporations or whatever be in charge or let let money rule is going to be better no idea because it's violent it's unjust because the state is financed through tax and taxes are collected coercively or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes which means L let's see what he can do in argentina let me put it that way 
Now this part, let me let me play this part here around six minutes here. Unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's. Oh, it is okay. So it is right there. It's coming up then. Okay. The state is check this out. Check out the the person he mentions as a, as an example here, right? Finance through coercion, and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion, and the lower the freedom. Those who promote social justice, the advocates, start with the idea that the uh, whole economy is a pie that can be shared differently. But that pie is not a given. It's wealth that is generated in what Israel Kirzner, for instance, calls a market discovery process. A market discovery process. Israel Kirzner. I was like, let's let's look this guy up. Israel Meyer Kirzner. Uh, born on February 13, 1930, a British-born American economist, historian, rabbi, and Talmudist closely identified with the Austrian school. Interesting. That's <clears throat> that's how he... <laughs> that's your option, folks, right here. He said, well, according to this rabbi, uh, really, and a Talmudist, really, the best way to go about this, folks, is just to have a free market economy, going, okay? Uh, let the merchant class r- run you. That's that's really going to be the best. But that's your great that's your great opposition at the at the circus in Davos at the World Economic Forum. This is these are the examples <laughs> I brought up, and I saw all over the place like this. Well, that was great. I was disappointed he was going to be there first, but now this is awesome. He, he really he really stuck it to them. If the goods or services offered by a business are not wanted, the uh, business will fail unless it adapts to what the market is demanding. If they make a good quality product at an attractive price, they will do well and produce more. So the market is a discovery process in which the uh, capitalists will find the right path as they uh, move forward. But if the state punishes capitalists when they're successful and gets in the way of the discovery process, they will destroy their incentives. And the consequence is that they will produce less, the pie will be smaller, and this will harm society as a whole. Collectivism by inhibiting these discovery processes and it's this funny idea that like somehow if you just have profit on your mind that can never harm society or something something like that which of course it will right even in that sense the leftist as a, as, as a point with like the environment and again not that they are actually looking out for that <laughs> I'm not trying to argue that but I'm saying uh, objectively that would be true right of just like it's all about just maximizing profits but it's this idea that it's behind those people then that let's say end up then with a lot of money a lot of influence or being in a position where they can run the economic system run the banks whatever what have you possibly cannot have another type of agenda weaved into that as well or or have an ulterior motive or something like that right what happens when a country hands over you know lends all the money it needs right to uh, to go to war with with their neighboring country like we've seen in european history right what happens, right? What, what happens when they be, become beholden to the money lenders? <laughs> That's what Malay is, is offering here, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Nazarite, 1776, says, thanks for your work, Henrik. Thank you for the uh, donor. Appreciate that. Lycan Warrior says, communism versus capitalism is just a Hegelian dialectics. Exactly. Uh, both end up at the same point. Feudalism in both systems, sociopaths rise to the top. 100% agree. That was more succinct than I said it. It's yeah, it's a Galen dialectics. It's too it's the false choice. You're between a rock and a hard place, and here Millet steps in. And I think it again allowed to step in. It's the same with that and Alex Karp now is talking about wokeism, right? That's become the accept I said this a while ago, but like wokeism and which includes included then the LGBTQ stuff. And and yes, they they have some of them occasionally expose some of the craziest anti-white stuff. But but keep in mind, a lot of the anti-woke activists 
They're against that because they're against uh, white people waking up to white identity because of the attacks on us. And that's the reason why they're against it. Not that it's unjust or that it's hateful or anti-white. It's just because it's like, oh, this is causing this weird reaction. And now white people want or also realize they have an identity. This is bad. We need a global homogenized clique. Anyway, Millet went on there, and, and again, occasionally he said some good things, and again, it's like, yes, I don't like collectivism, I don't like that type of socialism, I saw it in Sweden, it helped to lay the foundations to destroy us, but then capitalism came in and finished the, the job in Sweden, essentially, and now, and now instead of then having a country which is ethnically homogenous, where we look out for each other, we have a, a safety system that's in place, and I'm not trying to glorify the type of socialism we had, there was a whole other set of problems, the utilitarianism that comes in the wake of that, the tearing down of old buildings and building this Soviet-style architecture and gulags everywhere, and it's just like this awful, soul-crushing uh, just environment in countries like that. It's, it's, it's awful, right? Absolutely awful. And it has nothing to do with, with our historical roots or anything like that, and it's all an erosion of that. They believe in a new man and, uh, you know, all that stuff. But but that paved the way towards internationalism. That That's what it did, right? That, it's paved the way towards globalism. But then they used free market capitalism to kind of to finish that job. And of course, again, a Millet comes in here and now offers up like here, you, this is your, oh, you're, join us in the fight against these World Economic Forum globalists. We'll put them in our in their place. It's well played. A lot of people buy it. You know what I mean? It's, it's well played in that sense. And he might be, you know, indiv- as an individual, he might be very, he's a full on believer and he really thinks this is the thing or whatever. But they're allowing him to be there and to, and offer that up, you know, kind of thing, to be honest. Uh, the other thing I want to show quickly here is the Harari. Kind of as an example, too. Uh, you, you will know a Harari. I, I'm not sure if he's making a speech or not at the World Economic Forum this year. Make surprising comment about Donald Trump was the headline here, right? I think this is the clip. Um, yeah, the false dichotomy between nationalism and globalism. This is kind of interesting, too. He's, of course, an Israeli Jew, right? He's a he's gay, I think, right? He's homosexual. But it's interesting that an Israeli then would kind of say, well, that's a false choice. You can, you can have, you can, this is what they'll do, right? You can have both at the same time. Yeah, but what kind of nationalism is it? Well, it's a civic nationalism, obviously. You can wait. Why don't we bring that back? You know what I mean? This is kind of the same as the fight against wokeism, right? Let's just take two steps back and then and then we're good again. It's like, no, we need to take much for many more steps back than that. Or 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 move forward to a point where we have more in common with our pay, you know, choose whatever pay you way you want to go about this. I'm saying just going back a couple of decades and just paving over a certain set of problems is not going to fix the issue either. Because all because we've lived through those decades as as paving the road to where we are today. So so that's not good enough, right? So, but the point is, when he says those kinds of things, we we'll listen to the clip in a moment here. He, what he means is, you can see why why don't we allow them to just still kind of be proud of their nation and wave their flag and, and yay go sports teams kind of kind of nationalism, right? And have globalism. Listen, I think Are you concerned that, Listen to this that Trump might be elected again? Sure. Oh, this was the point of view of Trump, right? Because, of course, again, a lot of these people like... A lot of these people secretly want Trump now. It's almost... I, I gotta say this. 
that could be because they want to either tank the system under him or they genuinely think that this will he will be one better for, you know for israel and all those kinds of things as well than as horrible as biden has been trump will be out of control on the israel issue um and and it could and it could be it's hard to say but it could be that they're seeing seeing this as some kind of like weirdly a solution to it look there's a whole class that genuinely hate trump and they think he's something he's not and all that stuff and all the shit libs are, are, are cra- the woke people are crazy but the kind of the established conservative if i can put it that way anti-woke kind of alliance that's out there now who is very pro-trump they might they might off opt for going with that it's the same thing with all these crazy indictments and all the way they try to strike him from the ballot and stuff what what happened in iowa right he just he won the whole thing it was like a he broke the record i think on getting the most amounts of votes in an in a primary in iowa ever or something like that so unless they just full-on ban him or shoot him or put him in jail which of course is, is possible i won't say that he will probably win And either they'll tank the system on them, or, or or they or they want that type of nationalism. Anyway, I'm I'm um, I'm having too many threads at the same time going in my in my brain about this. But it's it's I don't know. It's just fascinating. Like that you even see some of these Democrats now are like, this tactic is not working. Like slow down, or like it's almost like some of them are speeding it up to such a crazy extent that they're like they almost like they understand that it will have a backlash. It's it's fascinating. Anyway. Uh, let's see what he says about Trump here being elected. But the point I, I want to make here is but what he says then, we don't have to have this false dichotomy between nationalism and globalism. Meaning what? We can have both? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. And if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he says it, and he says it openly. Now, again, it should be clear that <clears throat> many of these politicians they present a false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. All right, so there it is, right? So they pulled this out. This is Vigilant News, which is what Vigilant Fox, I think, I've, uh, I follow him on um, Telegram. And yeah, see, here's a perfect here's a perfect example. Top news: Argentina President Javier Milei promotes freedom at Davos 2024. Like this again. Here's the, it's they're so boxed in these normie conservatives and stuff in in what they think the options are, and then they even cover Harari. Like, oh, surpri- that's a surprising comment. No, that's probably just how they're going to seek to move us forward, going forward. As they say, if you can't be, beat them, join them. Is that part of it? Well, you can have, you know what? You can have your patriot. Note, he didn't even say nationalism, by the way, which they, which they, they don't say it's a quote there, though. No, that's true. He said patriotism, right? Which is different, too. Oh, you can be, you can, you're allowed to be patriotic, okay? Here, worship your, uh, your legal, uh, you know, your laws or whatever. You, nothing about ethnicity, though, or roots or anything like that, obviously. Unless it's for Israel, Harari, then it's totally fine. Which, ironically, one of the parts why he probably brings those things up is because he is Israeli. They're more hardcore. Uh, they are nationalistic, right? These Zionists. But they'll give you, they, they'll give you both, right? 
Sure, anything anything you want. You can have both and, and all of it at the same time, which of course again will be will be nothing, right? <laughs> but you see how this works? It's like a Yeah, it's 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 this here oh here are our great options that will solve our, our problems for us. This will this will get us out of the situation. We just follow Millet, we'll get it we'll get out of this situation. We'll just have free market eco economics, mercantilism, and we'll be uh, we'll be set. We'll be a right right civic nationalism and mercantilism. Uh, that's going to fix our <laughs> our problems, guys. It's a false false options, false choices. Don't fall for it, and that's not the not the option. They're forgetting the most fundamental aspects, right, of of human nature, who we are, where we come from, and and everyone everywhere. The only difference is many other countries, many other regions of the world, they're totally encouraged and, and it's fine for them to be patriotic or whatever. And look, look, some of these countries, they might be getting uh, global homo the way we have in, in, in a decade from now or two or whatnot. And that's maybe they will work towards that, too. But, but, but for the time being, it's us in the West that are uniquely targeted by those types of things. Few with a few exceptions, but those are very few can count those on, on a hand, right? Uh, here's the here's the giveaway, right? They talked about that before. Oh, it's more divided than ever. They want us to be, you know, they want they were they want to divide us, right? That's a conservative thing. Oh, they they want to divide us. No, they want to unite us. That's what they want. World government, globalism, one, um, you know, in that sense, one one people. Yeah, not not one people in a nation. One people on the globe. That's what they want. I, I came across this because I was searching for something else. Opposites attract unions between ma majority natives and marriage mi marriage migrants in Sweden from 2020. This is from the, um, I'm not sure what that stands for, the IUSSP online news magazine. Do they have an about? Our history, what does it stand for? Doesn't even say what it stands for. Okay, all right, well, whatever. Uh, some global homo shit. World population, they're counting that here, right? Well, check out this. I mean, it's not really a giveaway. We know this. But uh, isn't this from like a TV show, by the way, the, the screenshot they're using, the image? They're studying us like, like, we're, like we're a zoo animal. That's, how, that's the, the approach here. And it's not that they're studying the migrants per se, maybe their behaviors, how they're integrating and things like that, but they're studying out like, how are they doing? Okay, let's check back in, in in 10 years. Are there intermarrying more now? How many marriages are there? What's the mate, mating habits of, of native Swedes? You know, that's how, like, there's, you see what I'm saying? They're studying us like, like we're some primate or something. Immigrant native intermarriage is often, this froze up here. Let me see if I can load that again. Immigrant native intermarriage is often studied in the context of immigrant integration and, here it is, right, is regularly regarded as the final step in the assimilation process. Now, that's not like, you know, ooh, that, that, it's, it's a big giveaway. We know that. We know that that's the case. But it was just something when I read the article, it was like, oh, shit, you know, a recent study on, on Sweden analyzed the characteristics of natives who marry immigrants as well as a sort of mating pattern, mating patterns in the marriages of Swedes with immigrants. 
Assortative mating refers to the characteristic of both partners in the union, such as level of education, income, age, focusing on the native majority instead of immigrants, give us a better understanding of societal openness towards minorities in the majority's marriage market. Here I investigate whether the Swedes who are in union with marriage migrants differ from those who are in union with other immigrants. That's a long piece here, but the point is like, and by the way, men are more more prone to marriages of of uh, outside of EU foreign uh, migrants than women are, which was kind of interesting. And they talk they break down the socioeconomic classes. There are some interesting findings here for sure. But the point is, intermarriage. It's not just because oh they oh they got married. No, they because they have kids. Right? That's the most most common outcome. And that's why they want it. That's why they want us to do that. It's regarded as the final step, the final solution in the assimilation process. In other words, ethnically cleansing, sweet, creating a, a completely new racial group is the goal. That is what they want. They want them to assimilate. And again, that's why you see a lot of these conservatives and even the free market type people and some of the, they they want into they want oh integration is not working what's going on kind of thing and it's like thank god it's not working <laughs> it's chaos but thank god it's not working because it's but but they're showing how the well the numbers are slowly going up so indicate just hang in there folks let the rapes and the bombing continue because at the end of the day, they'll all marry each other. They'll have kids with each other. No one knows who's who and they'll all be married out. Swedes, as you know them, won't even exist anymore. They'll show they'll look like all these Arabs and migrants and sub-Saharan Africans are coming in. But uh, no, you see, genetically, there will still be there will still be genetics there that's part of Swedes. You won't recognize them. They won't behave like them. Their IQ will be much lower. But, you know, it will be, it's, it's still they're still there. They're usually just sharing genetics with with them now. It's just it's just pure just pure genocidal ethnic pollution. That's what it is. I won't say ethnic cleansing. It's ethnic pollution. It's the final step in the assimilation process. They want this to work. They thought this would work. They 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 the the bombing and the raping as much as they look the other way for it. And the reason why they look the other way for it is because they don't want to bring attention to it because then they know people want to do something about it. So they try to cover it up. They, they, they did not talk about it. They, and if they do, it's like, we got to patch this up now because now they're not intermarrying as much. It's just pure. I mean, it's pure, just genocide. It's it's incredible that this is just, oh, it's regarded as the final, final assimilation step. Like it's the Borg or something. We will assimilate. We will absorb this population into this population. They'll intermarry, and then the 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 native native group will just be gone. Problem solved. Ugh. All right, we got a couple more here. I'm gonna run up. This was kind of fun. this is a side issue. This is a little more lighthearted. Like Blinken stuck at the World Economic Forum after Boeing malfunction. <laughs> you can't can make this shit up, right? Because of course we have all all this shit about Boeing, uh, right? The uh, the divert the DEI bullshit that have happened uh, recently, which is funny. Let me pause this here. Where is it? I hate that Fox player. 
Uh, here, this one, right? Global Equity, Diversity and Inclusion 2023 report. People are pulling out quotes from this and, and other. They, they, were, they were aiming for, it's all about DEI, forget about safety, forget about product uh, quality or anything like that, right? Uh, it says here, uh, yeah, what was this line I got to search for? Yeah, our goal is that. Yeah, our goal was to achieve diverse interview slates for at least 90% of the manager and executive openings. We exceeded that target with 92% of interview slates being diverse, of course, meaning not white people, right? Resulting in 47% diverse hires at the management and executive levels. For 2023, we raised the bar and expect at least 92.5% of those interview slates to will be diverse. <laughs> we do this not to hit a certain number, but because meritocracy demands the opportunity to compete. That's that doesn't even make sense. Meritocracy demands the opportunity to compete. Okay, they, so you don't like the opportunity to compete then, because that's not the part of it. If you just have bringing in diverse, or do they mean oh, well, then the diverse people can compete? You see, <clears throat> is that what they mean? So of course it's a problem. Uh, you know, to that we have all the. All the problems at Boeing, right? Classic, twenty percent increase in black employment. So, so you know, pledges Boeing CEO. Boom, quality down. Air airplanes falling out of the sky, basically, right? That's what's so crazy about this. And so going back to Blinken there, haha, uh, <clears throat> stuck a Boeing malfunction at the World Economic Forum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <clears throat> thank you. FAA's diversity push includes focus on hiring people with, quote, severe intellectual and, quote, psychiatric disability. This is they want you to die. You have to understand this. As they as they, they, they are not enjoying, they have to up the bar. They have to they have to increase the volume, press the gas pedal harder. And we need to go faster. It needs to be crazier. And, and there's just no no stopping this train of progress, this anti-white train of progress. Severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities for the FAA. That's those who oversee all of this. The airplane. I'm not sure what it is with the airline shit late, lately, but that's that's they've they've honed in on this. This is the thing, right? It's let's destroy the airline industry. Delta is asking employees to capitalize black and brown, but write white in lowercase. <laughs> Did you guys see this? I was to bring that in and rotate that, but you can see it there on the picture, right? Capitalize, the, 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 remember the capital, it's all, I always capitalize white now, just stick it, not that that matters in the big scope of things, but I'm going to say, it's, it's, it's petty and ridiculous, but it's shit like this that they're worrying about. Delta, uh, Alaska Airlines, Boeing, the FAA, it's all this shit now, they're just pushing this to an insane level. And look at the hiring practices here too, by the way. That's what I'm talking about. Like the World Economic Forum circus, the people in Davos and their agenda says nothing about this kind of shit. While they're touting openness and equity, and we all have to be equal now, and it's you know we we're more tolerant and all that shit, right? Remember this? We showed this a while ago. How they actually they, they were proud. Corporate America was proud over the fact that they stopped essentially stopped hiring white people. In fact, it was a minus, almost a million 
white people who are employed since February 2020. This is the U.S., but still, this is, you know, West-wide, essentially. They're pushing, pushing the same shit everywhere. Cor- corporate America pledged to hire more people of color. It actually did. The S&P 100 added more than 300,000 jobs. 94% went to people of color. And, of course, this includes in the uh, airline industry, right? Where now you can expect... My God, they capitalized black and brown, but when those planes start falling out of the sky, who gives a shit? At least we met our diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. President Nubunga on uh, Odyssey says, anyone who wants to mix out native Swedes is sick. I guess there are more men mixing because it's easier to get brown girls than really pretty white girls. they rather a brown trad wife than some bratty white girl. Yeah, it's this, the article said, and thank you, President Nubunga. Good to see you, by the way. Um, Appreciate the super chat. Um, they said, uh, I was reading it through a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, that it was more common um, that like lower, you know, lower econ- socioeconomic status males. What it, what I think it is, and it, because you can see this, is basically, and, and it was also men, by the way, that had been in marriages previously. So I hope, this is not 100% of the case, but I hope that that means they have had, they've been in a marriage, they've had a, a Swedish child or two or three, hopefully more than that. The, it ends in divorce, they said in many cases, there are many that are divorced, that then go to like the Philippines or to, you know, Thailand or something, and they pick up some Asian wife and bring them home. And of course, some cases they do have kids with them, but not not always, right? Um, but it is interesting, uh, Ubunga, that they said that there's it's less likely for white Swedish, in this case, uh, women to intermarry with, with non-whites. It is going up, but it's going up slower, and it was higher among the males. But I, I, I see what you're saying, but there's this huge problem, right, of this, you know, battle among the sexes. And I get that. It's like, you know, it, it, it's it's rough. There's a lot of just completely insane things out there now in, in the say but the day the dating market whatever anyone who's looking for a wife or looking for you know someone to start a family with it, it it's i'm not saying it's hope it's not hopeless right but it's this it's this idea too that the men have kind of given up on like having something that that they can you know convert for, for the most part most women will they will follow the men you know what i mean they will follow the man they will they will turn to them politically more politically and especially when they have children these women tend for the most part not always but for the most part become more conservative by default and stuff like that it's just that some of them are so crazy i get that some of them are so crazy um they'll 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 fight you on that they don't want to get married there's hardcore feminists or they're anti you know crazy anti-racist and if you bring something like that up or you you know oh i want to adopt kids from africa you know whatever they they uh they pitch i don't know but yeah, the the point is they shouldn't do it. It's better for these guys not to go and have a you know Asian wife or whatever. Um, and settled sounds wrong, but it, it, there's so much of this weird programming now. With like women think they want to have something which is a romantic comedy, and I think for the most part men are probably more realistic and are more maybe more down to earth again it's just general trends here but but it can be this i i there's a there's the, this you know the mig thing obviously that's a whole class in and of itself but it, but also this like 
they kind of want they they're setting their sights on something whether they're, they're too rigid right they, i want this traditional type of wife or whatever and if, and if she isn't that right away or at the gates they give up or don't 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 do it but, but my point is saying you, you just find something that has good <laughs> base material and then and then work on it later you know what i mean and that doesn't always succeed i i recognize that but uh yeah man it's it's crazy out there it is insane. And this is, of course, one of the reasons why we're, we're seeing a decline in our birth rates. The, the most basic thing that people used to do, they don't even do anymore. It's all app-based and no one is talking to each other. You know, younger guys, younger men, they think it's a, you know, it's a great heroic victory to even just talk to a woman these days. It's I, it's so bizarre. I, I don't I don't get it. It's the weirdest type of patterns and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's bad out there. This will level, level out eventually. I mean, eventually you'll see just weird the weird subculture of all this mutant stuff fall to the side and they will just not continue to reproduce unless they found some technological way around it. And the more balanced, level-headed people are normal will will continue to do it. And it doesn't mean that everyone who then, therefore, didn't have a child is, is somehow uh, an outcast or they're a mutant. Sometimes it just doesn't happen for people. I, I, I get that too. They just don't find the right one. It didn't work out. I get it. So it's not that, but it's just you know what? It's it's just what it is, right? It's nature. It's an it's it's selection pressure. That it's just what it is. You couldn't adapt to weird times in some kind of capacity, and and th- that those are the end results. There's no there's no judge that's gonna, there's no referee that's gonna come in here and blow the whistle and say, hey, that was unfair. You know, what I mean, it's just it's just kind of what it is. Uh, it's kind of bizarre. All right, we'll save some of this other stuff uh, for next time. I wanted to have some. Uh, the farmer protests are going on. Uh, complete uh, just chaos in Germany with the energy situation. We'll talk about that next time. And of course, uh, Afrochemistry. If you forget about that. We got to talk about that Friday, I guess. Anyway, thank you guys. Great being with you. Uh, we have Michael57DE here as well. Uh, hail Henrik. Hail our gods and hail our folk. Indeed, in case you didn't know, the CODOH, Committee for Open Debate on the Holocaust and Castle Hill Publication has been showed, really. A site with thousands of well-researched document articles and videos on the hollow hoax, codoh.com. I think I've seen that post a few times. Their website, I assume? Okay, their website is down, huh? Uh, really, companies have suffered a major attack with all internet service disconnected. Forum, really? Okay, interesting. Huh. Armreg.co.uk, some other books I guess they offered. Is this some person from there? Jerry Shiflett? Gary Shiflett? Okay. Uh, we at COD here will fight hard to defeat this attack and we will re- recover from the damage inflicted. Truth will prevail. I saw that uh, it's related to this, but um, I might try to get him on. Josh from the uh, Kiwi Farms Forum, that they are beginning to censor like his side on the ISP side and stuff like that too. So yeah, it's, it, it's continuing. It's like a bunch of people were shut down from the crypto exchanges recently, including Lana. Um, together with a bunch of the ADL had a report out, right? They're just it, all of a sudden again, you have this like uptick in like, you know, striking out websites and going after people or going after their finances, all that crazy stuff. That hasn't stopped. As they're battling everything else, they're also going after dissidents, continuing doing that. After trying to like, they're fighting like wokeness on universities and every, everyone else as well. It's incredible. Thank you, Michael, um, for the tip there as well. Maybe we'll talk more about that on Friday. Uh, I have uh, Blair Cottrell coming up on, uh, was, is it on Thursday? I'm doing the show on Thursday. We might just do that um, do that live, the first and the second part, and we'll do the second part uh, for, uh, for members, um, like we usually do, but we'll do it live. Usually I pre-record. 
I'll set that up. I'll, I'll try to get everything lined up for that. It's just, you know, it's a little bit different in terms of, you know, when you can actually just pre-record versus uh, do it live on the spot. Uh, but I'll uh, I'll try to I'll try to set that up. Regardless, uh, that interview will be up uh, once it's recorded. Uh, if we do if we don't do it live, uh, so Blair Cottrell coming up next week. Any uh, producers and executive producers, by the way, would love to hear from you first and specifically from you guys. Um, if there's any guests you'd like us to invite, so, uh, so definitely consider that. Send us an email right at protomel.com. Let us know who you want us to invite. Uh, we definitely want to have some more guests on as well. Uh, but we'll be back Friday with uh, Flashback Friday, of course, <clears throat> as we round up here today. Thank you, everybody. Uh, whether you're watching in the archives or if you joined us live today, uh, we appreciate all of you. Thank you to those who super chatted today as well. <clears throat> we are going to be back with more. But uh, until then, of course, we get to plug some of our stuff. Sign up at RedHouseMembers.com. Check out the latest Western Warrior right now. You can sign up at Odyssey or Subscribe Store or our locals as well. RedHouseTV.Locals.com. Uh, help us up the tier over there uh, so we can uh, do live streams. That's not a place, by the way, we can do live streams on, uh, especially if we have more uh, subs over there because they that's just how they do it. I'd, I'd pay for it, you know, to upgrade so you can do longer streams and stuff like that, but uh, I don't think they offer that, so that is what it is. Um, so we get to boost uh, the numbers over there. So if you want to sign up and don't really care where you sign up, uh, consider Locals. Uh, that, that's a great place to do it. Uh, all right. Also, of course, if you do want a shout-out at the end of the show, sign up for a executive producer tier. Uh, or if you already have a membership, you can upgrade to that. You can also do a producer tier. It's a great way to support us. Thank you to our executive producers today. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown. And by the way, I finally inserted the URL there too, Red Pill. <laughs> Check out his channel, odyssey.com slash at red pill rundown there we go i was gonna do that like a while ago and i totally forgot i just felt like an ass sorry man uh great to have that in there finally french 47 we also have mark smith no one jeeps president Tabunga. good to see you in chat today mongoose william fox angry white soccer mom the second wanderer operation werewolf the ride never ends we also have francis park yaki dillbob last place simp joseph hart we also have purple haze colin marriott Kami Combo Deal, The Dearborn Toxic Events, Brendan Anthony, and our latest edition, Penelope 7 USA. Thank you guys. We appreciate you all for your support. Thank you to our latest editions there as well. Producers today, Mr. Walker 696, Johansson, Leroy Dumont, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri New, Obadiah Hakeswill, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, HB Lovecraft, Dixie Drone Force, Trevor, Der Schwabe, and Sonata for Violin. And that's not uh, Klaus Schwab, by the way. That's actually uh, Schwab, is, as in Suibia, uh, the area in Germany, by the way. Which, is that where he gets his name? Well, he was a Rothschild, right? Uh, anyway, you can get one of those uh, at Odyssey Subscribe Store or uh, RedEyesMembers.com. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate your support today. Let me double check one more time. And we'll be back with more Friday because we have some good stuff coming up then as well. Lana will be sitting in and joining us. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's it. I think we're uh, we're good to go. Thank you for watching our uh, World Economic Forum roundup here today. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with more soon, guys. Thank you so much again. Stay brave, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. 
You can also become a member by signing up at subscribestar.com forward slash red eyes. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.